nights when one drink with the girls turns into a bottle, but you need your car for brunch the next day. There's pickup. Or at Friday work drinks, where you don't want to leave your car with expensive tools at the pub. There's pickup. Don't miss out on the fun. Get a pickup. Simply book on our app and we'll pick you up to drive you and your car home. Two drivers arrive, one drives you home in your car, and the other driver follows. Download the Pickup app today. That's PKUP and wake up worry free. Hi, I'm Jack LeBrock. Hi, I'm David Reynolds. And you're listening to Inside Supercars. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. Welcome to Inside Supercars, Tony Whitlock and Craig Lavella. We're joined by a man who's coming back to Bathurst and coming back to the supercars, Dylan O'Keefe. Welcome back to great to hear you've got another drive. No, it is uh, great to get a second shot at the Bathurst 1000. I mean, last year I was really um, excited and um, yeah, it was a great chance to get my uh, debut shot at it last year in a great car with Andre Heimgartner. But with that said, this year is a different year and um, I managed to get a second seat with um, Jacobson at Team Sydney Techno. So really uh, grateful for that opportunity from them and looking forward to using my experience from last year and um, capitalising on, on the role I played this year. It's highly unlikely you're going to get a test day beforehand, but it might be uh, fortunate because it's gone now to November. You obviously know Gary and Jono and the team uh, a little bit. You'd be looking forward to an opportunity to go at least spend a race weekend with them? Yeah, correct. I mean, with what's happening now in Australia, it's a bit of a moving goalpost. Um, we'll plan to do, you know, a few ride days and test days and be really well prepared for uh, obviously the race, but now with that too, who knows, we might have to go into the race with no preparation, um, especially from a co-driver role. So. We'll just see how that plays out. Um, I was fortunate enough at Townsville. I uh, spent a lot of time with the team in garage and, you know, a few things like that. So a few familiar faces and build up a good connection with um, Jono and Gary in particular. So looking forward to, um, yeah, having a, a race weekend with them, with myself, driving the car. TCR, I know, is uh, going to be uh, cranking up again soon. I think, uh, is there a Sandown meeting in September lined up? Yeah, correct. I mean, um TCR has been a tough year for us because, uh, you know, we race on a reduced calendar and it's hard to get the rounds in now with a few of the key teams being situated in Sydney. So we are aiming to race mid-September. However, you know, with what's happening in New South Wales, I think it's a bit unlikely that that will go ahead, but I really hope it does because in particular with my car in Australia, we had a few teething problems at the beginning of the year. Now um, it looks like we've capital- we've uh, made some gains with the car and fixed a few of the minor issues. So I'm looking forward to getting back going in the series as well. Now we last spoke, I think it would have been at Baskerville. I remember travelling to both Simmons Plains and Baskerville. You drove, I think you only had display races at Baskerville, is that correct? Yeah, that is correct. I remember that to you as well. Now it was uh, just more of a demonstration in the hope that maybe Next season, we'll be able to do a championship round there. Cute little track. I haven't seen a race meeting at Baskerville before. I'd been to the track. It's a wonderful amphitheatre and something almost like you'd never race at, I imagine. Yeah, correct. I mean, I'd never seen it until I got there, but uh, Barry and uh, Gary was a, a fond people of uh, Tasmania and, you know, big advocates for most sport down there. And they really um, talked the track up before I got there, and I wasn't sure what to expect, but 
the tracks uh, got a little bit of everything in some high risk corners and um, it's quite tricky to put a, a fast lap together, especially in a front drive car. But um, I remember I went up to the amphitheater and watched um, a few races from up on the hill and it's amazing the view you get just looking down on the track. Like as a um, fan, the viewing spectacular. It's one track that you got to race at in Australia, but before that, you were racing and you had the opportunity to do at least one round of the TCR overseas in the World Championship. Yeah, correct. Um, so that was another uh, good thing to come from COVID for me. I mean, last year it was uh, difficult not doing much racing, so I um, was getting along quite well with the guy that uh, managed the Renault over in Switzerland. And we were talking back and forth. And when we were going to go into strict lockdown in Victoria, I thought, you know what, um, there's an opportunity to get over there. And he told me that they were testing um, in a week or two. So I thought this is my chance to get over there. I did the test with them and going um, to doing uh, the first race of the season for them, which was at Circuit Zelda in Belgium. Uh, so that was a fantastic opportunity and one, I'll remember, um, obviously, but still something that I'd like to go back and possibly do a full championship. I mean, there's not many, well, I don't think there is many Aussies doing TCR um, overseas, apart from what we do here in Australia. So I think if I could get over there, it would be um, great to show that from our championship in Australia, there is pathways to go overseas. It, it has been an interesting opportunity that you've had, but... Where is the end game for Dylan O'Keefe now? After COVID, have you reset your motorsport racing goals? Yeah, it's a good question. It's um, so tricky now as a racing driver in Australia because obviously there's only a certain amount of seats in supercars and we all would love to race in supercars full-time, but um, making that a reality is um, quite a challenge, but it's definitely not impossible. Um, and it's not off the cards, but after going overseas last year, it uh, definitely opened up, you know, another um, world for me and something that really sparked another interest. And especially while you're young, I think it'd be nice to get over to Europe and, and give that a crack. But to make that uh, work as well is a, a tricky thing, but I wouldn't say it's um, impossible either. So something in Europe or something in Australia full time is, is what I'm aiming for. But um, it's hard, you know, as a driver, you feel a bit lost because you've sort of lost two years of um, of learning and, you know, of your career at such a, an early age. It's, yeah, it's a tricky one. And Gary Jacobson, another Victorian, did you have much experience racing against him as you were coming up through the uh, ranks together? To be honest, um, I think the only time I've ever raced against Gary was, was last year at Bathurst. I remember I started... Uh, I started the race and Gary was right behind me and that was the only real battle I've ever had with him, to be honest. So um, I think it'll be great working together and I respect what he's done and he's made a good career out of it. I'm sure he's got a long career to go yet. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to working with him. But, no, previously I haven't had a lot to do with him in the racing world. And what about Tim Newton, who'll be your engineer across the Bathurst weekend? No, um, I haven't spent a lot of time with Tim either. So definitely now that it's all confirmed and locked in, I'll um, be making you know the effort to speak to them and yeah, get all the preparations underway well before we get there. So how do you approach going to Australia's biggest race with 
minimal to no testing in a in a car that you're not overly familiar with. Exactly. I mean, there was a lot of us in that position last year, and uh, at the good thing with Bathurst is you get a lot of practice. You know, there's seven sessions in the lead up, so you know you do get some valuable miles. But with that said, you've got to be on the pace straight away because you're doing running through the test plan that the teams want to do, and you got to give good feedback and. Uh, obviously get the car in the window come race day and think about qualifying for the main driver and um, so many factors. But last year I felt comfortable um, really quickly just by, you know, having the co-driver specific sessions as well. They don't have the added pressure from having all the main drivers on the track either. So I really enjoyed those sessions and they were the key ones and getting you up to speed real quick. So, um, yeah, I mean, if that comes down to that again this year, I'll um, know what to expect. You, of course, have been to Bathurst a number of times, at least uh, once in the TCR, maybe twice. Yeah, I've been to Bathurst uh, once in the TCR this season, but also been fortunate enough to do quite a number of Bathurst 12 hours and race Super 2 there and, you know, some Carrera Cup stuff too. So um, now I feel, yeah, well and truly confident at the mountain. And, yeah, you still got to have that respect for the joint because it's, um, yeah, still quite daunting, but... If you treat it right um, and, yeah, go about it the right way, it's, um, yeah, it rewards you. That's particularly paying respect to the fact that there are blind corners and there are a lot of places where you can get yourself in trouble very quickly. Um, Having done all those 12 hours, you've had good stints in the car, which is an important Mm. thing to get you comfortable. Can you, you feel that you can do that in the Commodore with Gary? Yeah, for sure, well and truly, I mean, once it comes to race day and you're locked in for those long stints, it sort of becomes, you know, um, second nature because you've done all the preparation to get to that point. And at that time, it's just about hitting your markers and trying to be as consistent as possible to get it back to the lead driver. So um, when that time comes, you're feeling super comfortable. It's just about being composed and thinking about the end goal, which is getting the car to that last stint to be able to be in the hunt to get a result. So, um, yeah, those Bathurst 12 hours have been so valuable, um, especially, you know, with the added factors of being around faster cars, which keeps you aware, and also um, the fun of starting in the dark as well has always been a good one, and it always helps with your, um, yeah, track knowledge. Seat fitting, you and Gary, I think he'd be a bit bigger in the top half than you, but you'd be about the same height or different? Yeah, correct. We're about the same height. Um I actually haven't sat in his seating position to see uh, how that will work. But with that said, as a second driver, you, you don't do as much as a driving as a main driver. So you sort of just got to suck it up and do the best that you can with the little intricacies, even if they don't suit you. You just have to look through it and think, you know what, you're not the main driver. You just got to suck it up. Um, if there's a few things that are quite bad, you can make a couple of small changes. But with that said, Gary and I are, yeah, pretty similar height, so I think I should slide into your seat pretty comfortably and, yeah, be able to get on with the job at hand. And, of course, there's always that chance, though, that uh, you can actually have to do a double stint or more um, because of the way safety cars and those sort of things fall. So you have to be prepared for doing longer stints, don't you? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think we saw that uh, a couple – was it last year, actually, with Tim Slade and – Scott McLaughlin, where they didn't want him in the car for that amount of time, but it ended up falling that way that he had to do 
an extra stint and by the end of it he looked wrecked so you've got to be fit enough to go to the distance and even though the night before you might not plan that strategy you've always got to be ready for the, for the change and especially at Bathurst anything can happen and um, as a driver you've got to expect the unexpected so probably prepare to do more stints and if you don't well I guess that's not such a bad thing either. Indeed I'm sure you've been a uh, a watcher of the Bathurst for many years so when you say that anything can happen and as they say in the classics and it usually does. Mm, <laughs> for sure it usually does and the mountain throws anything at you and, and everyone says ultimately they the mountain chooses who it wants to win too. Yeah it's very hard to forget that time when the race was red flagged and everyone sat around for an hour or so and waited for it to restart. I mean, extraordinary time. And obviously it did have an impact because there were changes made on cars that uh, did uh, change the ultimate race. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, there's so many stories of that, isn't there? And that's what you don't know what to expect and expect the unexpected. So, um, yeah, we're going to it with a, an open mind. And um, I think if we can finish uh, inside the top 10 for Gary and I, I think that'd be fantastic. And um, you've got to be a realist at the end of the day. And I think that's what we're more than capable of doing. And if we go about doing the right things in the lead up and over the race, um, yeah, I'd like to see us there. Whilst this will be your second Bathurst, Dylan, it's actually your third supercar race. In 2019, you drove for Gary Rogers at Surface. Yeah, correct. I, uh, Certainly won't forget that day. That was um, a whirlwind, knowing that I was going to jump in qualifying, you know, 20 minutes before the session. Um, was quite intense, and it didn't give me a lot of time to think about it. But thankfully, I had a bit of experience around Gold Coast previously. And, yeah, um, forever thankful to Gary for giving me that chance. And I can always say that I drove one of his supercars in the main game, which is quite cool for me because I still work for them full-time and have a great relationship with those uh, those people and especially Gary. So, um, yeah, it's funny how it's my third supercar start and um, quite a funny story how that one come about. But, um, yeah, glad to have that experience under my belt too. And, yeah, yeah I think it will help me come back to us too. When you look at that and the, the situation around it, you, you obviously knew Richie and you knew what was going on with him. Did you know coming into that Sunday morning or actually Sunday afternoon, that you'd be in the car or there was even a chance for you to be in the car? No, definitely not. I mean, I've got a um, tremendous amount of respect for Richie and what he's done uh, personally with his career, and I got along with Richie um, quite well. So um, there's no hard feelings there. But um, I knew something was unfolding in the lead-up to the race weekend, um, that entire week, and wasn't 100% sure, but... um, got word to take my helmet to, to the weekend because I was going up there to um, drive a coach one of my friends in Korea Cup. So I was at the event anyway, um, and I had my helmet there. But um, by the time we come to Sunday, I thought, you know, there's definitely no chance whatsoever that I'll be driving this car because there was no word of it um, the couple of days leading into it. But, um, yeah, obviously something happened on the Sunday morning and then um, – Barry Rogers called me and said, have you got your helmet? And I said, I actually don't. I left it at the apartment because I didn't think I'd need it. So I had to get um, someone from the team to grab that. And then, yeah, the rest is history. So I, um, it was planned, but it sort of wasn't because um, obviously they wanted Richard to drive the car because he's the main driver. But, um, yeah, some internal things unfolded there. Mm. And, of course, uh, 
it's interesting that Richie will be on the grid with you at the Bathurst 1000, all things going well. Yeah, true, and um, with the boost wildcard. So I think they're um, a bit disappointed because it looks like they might not be able to get across from New Zealand to do a test um, in the lead-up as well. So I think it's hampered quite a lot of people's preparations for this race, but um, I guess we'll just see what happens. Well, it, it has been a fascinating 12 months for you, and I'm interested in seeing how all the series can work out a way of negotiating through COVID because we probably have another 18 months of uncertainty to uh, negotiate here in Australia. Yeah, I know. We, um, I mean, we're all sick of hearing it, but it's the reality and it's how we're living now in Australia. So I think you've just got to be open to the change, trying to find the positives, which I think we're doing. But, um, yeah, the uncertainty is not great. So we just got to push through and persevere. And hopefully, I mean, racing's um definitely not the number one thing, but if we can get back racing, it's certainly enjoyable for us to uh, live and breathe it. You you work full time for GRM. What what's your main job there? The uh, you're locked down at the moment, I assume, or are you you're an essential service and uh, able to go to work? Yeah, correct. So I've uh, worked for Gary Rogers since the start of 2019 when I raced um, the Dunlop Super Two Series for him, and uh, that was more about learning the supercars and working on the own car to understand how it worked. Um, I'm certainly not a mechanic, but I did enjoy that season working on my own car and um, building up a great rapport with the team. But since then, um, I've gone into a, a more office-based role and I'm doing all the um, purchasing and parts ordering. So that role sort of uh, suits me better as a person and I definitely enjoy that role and um, how I play with the team. So I still get along with everyone um, exceptionally well and I, I enjoy my time there. So um I'm still working full-time at the moment. I guess we're not sort of essential, but we do fall under that grey area of being a um, a mechanics workshop. So we can continue to go to work, which um, gets me out of the house, which I'm um, grateful for. And there's still a lot happening in the background at GRM with um, Marcus Ambrose joining us, um, you know, in the last few weeks to a month. Um, Yeah, and it's good. We're having a bit of a restructure and a rethink of how we go about our racing, but... Uh, I think if we can get back racing in TCR this year, we'll be able to um, build to a solid end to the year. And then um, certainly 2022 will be massive for us at GRM. The Tasman series and the uh, X5000, have you got thoughts uh, in that direction? I haven't thought to go down that direction. To be honest, I've never driven an open wheeler, but I'm certainly not blocking that out. I'd love to drive one of those beasts around the track. Um, But for the meantime, um, I don't think that's the career path I'm going down but I um, certainly have a lot of respect for those cars they're um, quite cool but yeah you won't see me in, in that series uh, anytime soon I don't think alright well thank you very much Dylan O'Keefe for joining us on Inside Supercars we look forward to catching out with you I imagine it might be at Winton in October hopefully you'll get out in the track uh, in September and maybe we'll uh, see you down there at Sandown so Thank you for joining us on the Inside Supercars, Dylan O'Keefe. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I look forward to talking to you guys in person soon. Cheers. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next time for more or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars.
The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited.